0: Hey, Hivey and Steve here with a quick message about our amazing sponsor, Timeless Pints Brewery. You know, Timeless Pints is local right here in Southern California off the 405 Freeway, Cherry Avenue exit, right next to the Long Beach Airport. And they are open and filling growlers during the coronavirus crisis. Chris and Mary are there during the week. Stacy is there on the weekends and they can fill your growlers so that you can stay home. Do what you're supposed to be doing for coronavirus and uh, enjoy your timeless pints in the comfort of your own home while socially distancing and keeping everyone else safe and healthy from your germs. They've got all different kinds of beer, stouts, porters, light beer, dark beer, Belgians, and it's all delicious. They make it here on site at Timeless Pints right here in Lakewood. What more do you want? Go down, get your growler filled, and enjoy the best beer in Southern California in the comfort of your own home. For hours and beer availability, you can look them up on Facebook at Timeless Pints Brewing Company or follow them on Twitter at Timeless Pints. And when you go down, say hi to Stacy or Chris or Mary. Make sure you tell them the Wretched Hive sent you. I like the sound of that. Well, guys, since I was a kid, my favorite band has been Rush. My favorite rock band, Rush. Rush has been replaced as my favorite band by a band named Halix. Ever hear of Halix? Halix. I sure have not. I am going to teach you all about Halix tonight, and they're going to be your favorite band. And you know why? Because you are listeners or hosts, in your case,
1: of the Wretched Hive podcast for
0: Friday, August 28th, 2020. And I am Steve Baldwin. I am also your host. And there are a few of us here tonight. We've got a special mini-reconnaissance crew on the show tonight. And we have a lot, a ton, of Star Wars and other stuff-related news to cover for your ear holes, and I am so proud to do it with my co-host tonight. Let's get this started
1: with the Wookie co-pilot, Greg Lent. Stevie be in the house tonight, but not many more people are. It's just the terrible, or it's just a, <laughs> a, a a wretched threesome tonight. Not a wretched five, only a wretched threesome tonight. And my God, I am so glad to be back. I missed the last show. I've been missing quite a bit, but re- quite a bunch recently. Uh, lots of stuff going on in the in the real world, in been the real world man. out there. Mm. It has been busy. But I am so excited to be here because I have a lot to say tonight mm. to you guys. You've been saving it up. I have been saving it up. I'm yeah. about to explode all over your face, neck, and chest. Oh, I God. just do that?
0: <laughs> also on the show tonight, he is a lifelong
2: Star Wars fan! <laughs> Ivansky. Oh, Steve! I am so happy to be here. Greg, it's great to see you back on the show, guys. It's been a crazy week or two. I want to say that I just started my new trading card collection of the uh, Fallwell Diamond Specials. But oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> let's see how Can't those just uh, do that.
1: <laughs> I'd really like to see those.
2: Let's, let's, see, let's see if they, uh let's see
3: if they
1: it's up. disgusting.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> I am excited. Seriously, so happy to be uh. here. Uh, it is a wretched threesome tonight, but I love it.
0: Oh man! <laughs> well, uh, unfortunately, uh, last minute cancellations from uh, Dave Potter. Penisors. Just, just, just a little. <laughs> give us a little preview, uh, Greg, of your of your uh, uh, intro for Dave coming in two weeks. What do you got for us? Nothing can strike fear in the hearts of man like seeing a red weeping sore
3: on their favorite appendage.
0: There you go. <laughs> no more. That's all I want. <laughs> Great. Just
2: the that's tip. Just
0: the tip. And uh Nico, who literally like an hour before the show messaged everybody and said, Oh, I'm in the ER, I broke my toe. And then he sent us a message of or a picture of like a little teeny chip out of his toenail. He, he's got like a hangnail. Like seriously,
2: (laughs) he's in the ER for an ingrown toenail. Are you serious?
0: He's got to go to Kara and get like a pedicure, and it'll be fine. (laughs) 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 No, I guess it looks pretty pretty bad. It's kind of bloody,
1: and yeah, he 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 bent the toenail back, and it looks like it ripped a little bit out of the nail bed, which you know, which is is, is really painful. But uh, super painful. But he's a he's a wuss. What can you say?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Wuss or not, we wish him the best. Because you know he's going to come back and tell me to fuck off so. <laughs>
1: Sorry about your toe, Nico
0: <laughs> Well, if you've ever ripped Your big toe right off of your Big toenail right off of the toe And and, and been teased About it uh, Give us a call and let us know how you handled that On the Wretched Hive Hotline That's 562-455-4483 You know that's uh, Nico's going to call and let us know how he handled it uh, That's 562-455- Uh hive that's h-i-v-e
1: in case you can't spell hive
2: you're goddamn right
0: and you can also find us on facebook at facebook.com forward slash wretched hive podcast you can also find us on our website and stream every show at wretched hive podcast.net you can also find us at twitter at wretched hive pod and on Instagram at wretchedhive77. So go check us out on all of those platforms. What do you got, have there, we, Scott?
3: Have, have You're we dropped creating a movie yet?
0: poster there? Yeah, have
3: we, sorry, I, I have we
0: dropped you. Facebook yet? Have we? Have we kicked uh, no, in no, no, we're on.
3: on
0: we're, we're on Facebook still. I, oh, I'm sorry, Zuckerberg. Yeah. Hey, hey. No, we're
2: still on that Facebook. Okay, we're
1: Facebook.com forward slash WretchedHivePodcast. podcast.
0: We'll never. We love you, Facebook.
1: I think, we're, I think uh, that Facebook really is a wretched hive of scum and villainy. Don't don't you? <laughs> is there any disagreement with that statement at all? Not nope. at all. Not
3: None. at all. <laughs>
0: no. uh, so before we get into the news, we've got uh, a couple of things to cover. First, um, we're going to dive right in to...
1: What about, what's this, Halix, or is that for later? Is Halix uh, for later? Well...
0: Uh, well, since he mentioned it, let's do that one. For, well, no, you know what? I'm going to save that one. I'm going to save right. that Hal- Halix is coming. Before we get into the news, we've got the segment that is taking the Star Wars podcasting world by storm. It is Scott's Cantina Corner.
3: Where
1: are you going, master? For a drink at Scott's Cantina Corner. We don't serve your here. What? You're going to have a drink. Scott's Cantina Corner.
0: All right, Scott, uh, what do you got for us? What are you shaking up at Scott's Cantina Corner this week?
2: Oh, man, I'm, I'm grooving to the tunes right now. I'm loving this, Steve. Uh, guys, I've got some fun stuff to talk about, so I'm going to get through the drink first and then uh, kind of give you a little rundown on what's happening with Scott's Cantina Corner. So, there's the
0: What happened to Scott?
1: Your 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 soundbite is just keeps playing over Scott and so it's like as Scott's trying to talk, the soundbite gets louder and louder and louder, and Scott just gets drowned out by the soundbite.
2: I was (laughs) seriously dying over here. I'm like, this is so funny. Somebody's just cranking the volume on me.
1: In defense Uh, of the soundbite, it is
0: pretty good. I mean the guy shreds.
2: Not denying that. That's fantastic. Are you playing
0: this on a ukulele? Or is it this? It's a ukulele, Uh, yeah.
2: All right, Scott, what are
0: you you cooking up over there?
2: Yeah, so this week, Steve, we got some fun stuff, man. Uh, The the big drink that we're going to be talking about this week on the show is the dark side and stormy. It's a classic drink. Uh, What we're going to be doing is basically we're going to be using, um, but I'm doing a special version of it for the show. Um, If you are going to be making an actual dark and stormy or a dark side and stormy. I would suggest going for the Gosling's Black Seal Rum, and your choice of ginger beer. Make sure it's ginger beer. Uh, we not did- ginger ale. Not ginger ale. Um, I've been trying a new one this time. Uh, the old Cock and bowl ginger ginger beer. Oh, nice! Uh, you can got-
1: get that at uh, at uh, Bethmo, I think, right?
2: I think so. Yeah, it- it's carried all over. Um, okay, Peter Brothers, Ralph's, civilians. Um, but basically what we're doing here is making a little drink, having a little fun, gets a little crazy. Um, we're going to throw in, and Steve's throwing me uh, cutoff signals, So yeah, <laughs> I'm trying to <laughs> run through. Podcast professionals.
0: You got 50 Wait. seconds to go, buddy.
2: Yeah. So, uh, what we're doing here is, uh, we get you. <laughs> <laughs> He doesn't perform well under pressure, Steve. You just got to let him go. It's taking the podcast world by storm. Uh, yeah, so that's the drink, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> go check out the video, and you'll get a, get the full rundown on the whole drink.
1: So rum and ginger beer. How much rum? How much ginger beer?
2: Uh, we're looking at two ounces of dark rum. Mm-hmm. So the Gosling's Black Seal. And you fill the rest of the, gl- the glass up with ginger beer. However, I usually leave a little bit at the top, squeeze in half a lime, keep the husk of lime, and float it on top with a little Hamilton 151 and light it on fire.
0: Ooh. Oh, what, that sounds,
1: so, uh, so what, what if I put it in a shot glass? <laughs> <laughs> so two well, ounces of rum and that's like a splash of ginger beer? <laughs> what if I put it, What if I put it in a
0: bucket?
2: Let's let's go with a delta shot <laughs> on that one, Greg. All right,
0: Just so, the ginger. <laughs> now, Scott, on the video, are you going to make it and light it at the end?
2: Yes, absolutely.
0: Oh, that's going to be awesome. I okay. want to
1: see that.
2: Cool.
1: <laughs> and then Scott's house burnt down.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that, that happened a few times. Um, Greg, <sighs> you, um, you can Perfect. actually pick this stuff up. I suggest Hamilton 151. This stuff is powerful, but wonderful. And it makes great zombies.
0: Mm, Excellent. All right. Scott's Cantina corner, the dark side and stormy, not the dark and stormy, the dark side and stormy because see, we're a star Wars show.
2: We are Uh, guys. One more thing real quick before we move on. We have some really special guests coming on the next four weeks actually on the show. So I am super excited. Can't talk about them all right now, but one is an official, uh, drink that we will be handling for the first time on a podcast so i can't wait you created your own drink no this is an official drink out in the really real world that is star wars drink that we have been given permission to do
0: wow he created the he he created his own drink it's called the dark
1: scott and stormy (laughs) dark scott and stormy daniels stormy daniels
2: I don't know if I want to go there.
0: I'm sorry. <laughs> All right. Well, we're. I'm super excited about that, Scott. Thanks, and uh, we're looking forward to seeing the video and uh, for your special guests and to to. Uh, I, I, I got a. I got a little hint on on what the the surprise is for next time. I'm super pumped about that. That's yeah.
1: we're gonna we're gonna make some headlines on that one. I
2: think so, so will the
1: video be up? Will the video be up Friday? Or is it up now? Or, or when is it? When does the video go up?
2: Video goes up right when uh, when the show drops on Friday. And excellent. Uh, Also, real quick shout outs to my last week's guest and kind of guest shout out. um, Jackie Michelle was on the last show, uh, did a fantastic job, and she uh, had a little special shout out for her uh, boss, Dottie DeVille, the notorious Dottie DeVille uh, from the Till 2 Club in San Diego.
1: Notorious DDV.
2: Yeah.
0: Notorious DDV. Awesome. Thank you, Scott. Well done, sir. All right. We have before we get into the news, we got one more a little special interest story that I wanted to share. Uh, at the top of the show, I mentioned um, that you know I, I'm a huge fan of Rush. Frankly, um, Neil Peart. I, Neil Peart is one of my idols. Uh, he passed away on on January 7th of this year. It was one of the one of the darkest days of my life. I I, oh. I love the man and. And uh, he literally is is one of my idols. And he he, he passed away in 2020. He, terrible way to start the year. Uh, but uh, Rush has been a lifelong obsession of mine. And um, they used to be my favorite band, guys. Oh, we're already jumping into the Halix. Yeah. Okay. All right. Halix. I'm excited. <laughs> Halix has taken over as my favorite band. There is an article that I read today. Uh, it, this has Wretched Hive all over it. Uh, it's not really news, so we're we're not including it in the news segment. It's more of a special interest story, but Orange Disneyland's 80s area Star Wars Rock Band <laughs> had a Wookiee bass player covered in yak fur. That's the what? that's that's the title of the article. So, first of all, any article that has yak fur in it, I'm gonna read, let alone something from Star Wars and Disneyland.
2: Hey, hey, Steve. What's a yak for? <laughs> uh, uh,
0: uh, well, thank you. Thanks, God, saved me from having to answer that one. Uh, the group is the subject of a documentary. It's called "Live from the Space Stage: A, a Halix Story," a new documentary that debuted Thursday, August twentieth. And this check this uh, YouTube channel out. It's called Defunction
1: Land. Oh, Defunct Land. Yeah, I, I've oh, watched a bunch of this guy's videos. Sorry, Defunct Land. He's, yes. he's great. He's great. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, a new
0: documentary film about a short lived Disneyland band that combined the spectacle of a Kiss Rock concert with musicians wearing Star Wars costumes. Wow. Travels to a magically silly moment in the early 80s that remains uncharted history for most diehard uh, most excuse me, most hardcore Disney fans. Now I, I am a hardcore Disney fan. I've never heard about this until earlier today when I read this article. Wow. Never heard of Halix. Never heard about this story. It's an amazing story.
1: I am super intrigued because so the, the a little bit of history about what Defunct Land does is he looks at uh, attractions at Disneyland and he's branched off into other parks because he I think he ran out of attractions at Disneyland that are no longer there. Things like America oh. Sings. You know, like the, you know, just the, you know, the the rocket rods, things like that. He looks at all these old rides and breaks down what they were like and what they were doing and why they ended up having to take them out. Um, Super, super interesting. They're usually all about 20 minutes long. And yeah, a a real good insight into stuff that, you know, like at least the three of us remember from we were kids at Disneyland. Oh, I love that. I'm going to have to check out the channel. I have not, I have not watched it yet. I don't know anything about the channel.
0: I'm just learning about this today. So I'm super excited to go check this out But and I haven't heard about this And
1: so now I'm super intrigued Yeah, absolutely Alright,
0: so The Disney Records Band So they were actually signed They were an actual band Wow Signed by Disney Records They were called Halix H-A-L-Y-X Pronounced H-A-L-I-X H-A-L-I-X Very
1: 80s Very yep. 80s
0: They played Tomorrowland Space Stage In the summer of 1981 Featured a 7 foot tall Wookiee Playing bass guitar <laughs> <laughs> that I mean, you sold I mean, as one does. As one does. A stormtrooper <laughs> playing a mobile keyboard spaceship, and an acrobatic alien
1: amphibian on the Congo's. Was this like a tie-in for Star? No, because Star Tours was later in the '80s. Star Tours was like '86, '87. Star Tours came,
0: yep, late '80s, and then of course decades before any talk about you know Galaxy's Edge or yeah. Know, anything that's anything like that um so the new live from space age a halix story documentary debuts on debuted on thursday august 20th uh, on the defunct land youtube channel um let's see let me fast forward here a little bit um halix was designed to appeal to an underserved teenage audience at disneyland according to disney records producer <laughs> Everything about this article, the producer's name is Bambi Mo. <laughs> M-O-E. Bambi Mo. Quote That very first time they performed, the kids went nuts, Mo said in the documentary. They were screaming. A Star Wars like movie poster of the band displayed in Disney in Disneyland drew young crowds obsessed with the Empire Strikes Back to an over-the-top rock show in an indoor amphitheater beneath Space Mountain.
1: Oh, okay. Oh. Now,
0: and, and if you look at if you look at the uh, movie poster, it's at orangecountyregister.com. It looks like a cross between, um, gosh, it looks like Star Wars meets um, Gordon meets Co- Conan meets Flash Gordon. Yeah, exactly. Um, the uh, This is great. The idea was to create a cross between Van Halen and the Star Wars Cantina Band. <laughs>
3: Disneyland
0: gigs were designed to serve as a venue for Disney Uh-oh. to showcase Halix to Hollywood record labels that would give the band a bigger push in the rock and roll marketplace. Disney spent $150,000 on Halix costumes for a visual production and a, 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 for a visual produ- production. Sorry, built for uh, television and touring. Halix was fronted by a wholesome and hip punk Snow White singer who is a cross between Susie Quattro and Janice Joplin.
3: Wow.
1: I'm so you know that the '80s were amazing. Just the the amount of cocaine that was that was consumed to get yeah. people to say realize to, to think of the fact that we need something we need something like the Cantina Band but more Van Halen y. You know, <laughs> and then with the with the with the Snow White Susie Quattro s singer, which Susie Quattro and Snow White are nothing. like, <laughs> like the I
0: there's another picture uh, with the guitarist that looks like he's just jamming on like a Fender Stratocaster. It looks like, you know, Eddie Van Halen-esque guy from the <laughs> 80s. And he's leaning back to back with like this white wookie who's like seven feet tall playing this bass. It's just it's so surreal. Oh, my God. Uh, the band played a mix of original and cover songs with the most memorable tune, Jailbait featuring
1: (laughs) perfect song for disneyland perfect very
0: un-disney lyric baby i want you but you're jailbait (laughs) just incredible i cannot i need a halix t-shirt i want the poster (laughs) i am in on this and i cannot believe this was part of disneyland and i'm just learning about it now it is incredible (laughs)
2: For the fans out there, it, it is now posted on our Facebook page. I did Thank send you. it out to you guys so you can see the post in our feed. Um, I just love the fact that all the guitars are shooting laser beams out of out of the, the headstock of each one of them. Yeah, yeah.
0: So uh, go check it out at um, on YouTube. It's at Defunct Land at YouTube, and it's live from the space stage, a Halix story. I am watching this this yep. weekend for sure. Guaranteed.
2: Halix. Yeah, Halix. Yeah. Okay. my
0: god. Fantastic. Is,
2: is it weird that the Yak slash Wookiee is wearing Ugg boots? <laughs> 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 I'm just curious. And I swear that that lizard thing in the back that's on the keyboards or whatever looks like something out of uh, out of space balls. It's like the little Yoda. Yeah, uh,
0: apparently that's the percussionist.
2: Oh, okay. You uh-huh. know, and
1: in, and in perfect Disney strategy, it, the, the poster, I'm looking at this poster that Scott just put up here. It says, appearing nightly Monday through Friday. Not <laughs> even on the weekends, dipshit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's oh awesome. my god, thank god on a Tuesday night you can go out and see some Halix when you needed your <laughs> acid rock and roll fix
2: Good uh, summer of 81, so I might have been there quite a few times at that yeah, time
1: yeah.
2: I was like 9, 10 years old, so I could have seen Halix and didn't even know
1: In 81, I was 11 and I wasn't really hanging out at Disneyland by myself yeah. very often at 11 So I I probably did not see these guys.
0: Yeah, I would have been 13 and I I was not I was like running from ride to ride. You know, it's all about the rides at that point. Uh, There's there's one other paragraph I have to read and then we can move on. Uh, The Wookiee bass player's fur costume was made from yak hair. The frog like alien percussionist in a hooded burlap cape triggered star Wars laser blasts with his electric drums while performing cartwheels and scaling ropes into the
3: rafters.
0: (laughs) (laughs) The drum riser rose up like a rocket blasting off while spewing smoke and flashing lights. God, hate to see that now.
1: Uh, you just know that Michael Eisner just fucking green lit this thing (laughs) (laughs) as fast as he possibly fucking could. So awesome. He's Uh, like, hell Yes. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> all right maybe they're not my favorite I, rush is still number one halix is number
1: two though oh. halix is number two it's it's the you know it's like it's like it's like a new hope and empire strikes back you know you yeah, can't it, go wrong with either it depends
2: on the name. <laughs> that's right all right, just, right let's fact, look, your number two favorite band steve you <laughs> haven't even heard a note that they've played i just love that that's, that's true all right
0: let's get into the news guys from abc news world headquarters this
3: is abc world news tonight
0: no it's not it's star wars news with the wretched hive
2: so be it
0: all right uh believe it or not we do have a couple of legit news stories to cover unlike a typical wretched hive show uh Guys, today, or maybe yesterday, I received an email from Star Wars Celebration, which of course was uh, canceled this year due to the COVID-19 pandemic. For two fucking years. Yeah, postponed for two years. I was given the option, I think we covered this on a previous episode, to uh, refund my tickets. I bought two adult four-day passes, uh, and I elected to kick those forward two years and get a merchandise credit for, I don't know, ten or twenty percent extra merchandise that I can buy sometime down the road uh, by by, you know, kicking my tickets forward. So today, I got a I got an email from them saying that Star Wars Celebration merchandise is going on sale this weekend. So it says uh, email reads to our Star Wars Celebration fans and friends. Nothing can replace the fun of being together with all of the amazing Star Wars Celebration fans from around the world, but that doesn't mean we have to miss out on some of the things that Celebration has to offer. Translation, you can't get together, but you can still spend money in our online store. (laughs) Introducing the Star Wars Celebration exclusive merchandise store. This will be your first opportunity to purchase Star Wars Celebration exclusive merchandise, including pins, T-shirts, hats, collectibles and more. I mean, you got to hand it to them. You know, they must have spent thousands, at least, dollars on shirts, pins, hats. All that stuff has to be ordered at least a year in advance, I would guess. And then the thing is canceled. What are
1: they going to do? They still have to sell it. Um, yeah, and it was supposed to be this weekend, so why, might as well get it out there for sale this weekend, so sure, go for it. Right, so I have a, as a as a pass holder, I have uh, early
0: access, I have three days to shop before anyone else can, well, me and all the other pass holders can, ha- you know, have three days before the public has access to the store, Um. So, taking a look at the store, uh, there are some exclusive pins. Let me see if I can share my uh, do a little screen share with you. If you can take a look here. Let's see. Tell me if you can uh, see that. You guys see that? I see it. <laughs> All right. So. Exclusive merchandise so we've got an empire strikes back millennium falcon cockpit
1: vehicle sunshade Oh that's an update the other one the other one is the cockpit from uh, a new hope with uh obi-wan and luke and han and chewie in there this one's got leia and 3po in there i like that one
2: i do exactly
0: 3po center dead center so you know i'm not buying that one
2: Steve, Steve, it's, I know you're going to move on to this, but I am already jumping ahead of you. I am all over the Minoc suction cup plush.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: right. It's got a little suction cup you can put on the window, and it's a plushie that hangs down from there. 18 bucks.
1: <laughs> I am uh, I am unironically looking at that uh, punch bowl, actually. The ADAT, the fallen down AT-AT punch bowl that you're yeah. scrolling over there. That's actually pretty at, legit.
0: I was looking at this earlier. Scott, I know. come on, man it's, an, it's that, a it's a it's the fallen at at sort of like in the um what would you call that like the downward facing dog no <laughs> yeah. like a what's it it's like a yoga yoda yoga uh, uh,
1: yeah. ass oh. ass up face in the pillow that kind of yes learning.
2: yeah <laughs> and uh it's, it's 80 a, bucks downward facing at at yes
1: but
0: it's it's uh it's uh it's it's geeky tiki though scott isn't that the brand that that's yeah. the same brand of these that I have, right? That. So this are... is their
2: second. Uh, yes, it is. Yes, okay. that, yeah. the first line, and I think a couple. Yes. Do you have a couple from the second one? I, I can't remember now, but
0: no, just I have the whole first series that was gifted to me by some dear friends. Yes.
2: Okay. So that the geeky tiki adapt punch bowl is the second punch bowl they've released. You can actually get a Millennium Falcon punch bowl. What? Yes. I've
1: seen that one, and I think I like this one better, actually. Yeah, that's pretty cool. So I wonder how big it is.
2: Uh, Is that pretty big? Yeah, typically a punch bowl for uh, anything tiki serves four people. So that's that's a lot of drink right there.
0: Okay. Uh, We've got a BB-8 avocado kids t-shirt. Now, I was hoping that was an adult size because, as you guys know, I have a nutrition background. I would love a Star Wars themed nutrition shirt. (laughs) But
1: apparently that's only kids. (laughs) Maybe, maybe 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 can get the extra 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 medium is what you can squeeze, get. For you there. <laughs> squeeze into that medium. Uh,
0: Tauntaun plushie with removable Luke, so maybe it squeezes inside the plushie. That's kind of fun. All
2: it right. does have a zipper for its stomach. Uh, that is great.
0: Let's let's see if that's how that works. Let's see.
2: Yep, yeah, there it is.
0: Yeah, it's got a little zipper inside.
2: <laughs> the picture on the bottom right. It's Luke. Coming, look, Luke looks- in
0: there yeah what's the temperature inside of tauntaun
3: lukewarm
0: lukewarm <laughs> um oh now
1: that's pretty cool a blue jersey t-shirt 40th anniversary Forty, yeah 40th vampire. anniversary of vampire which we're that's completely and blowing by this year thanks covid and then this
0: one looks pretty solid too so it's an empire strikes back 40th anniversary uh hoth and pin set you get the pins oh, nice. and then the the t shirt. That's sort of the celebration t shirt design with with Han and Chewie and the Imperial probe droid in the background. Fifty bucks on that though, not cheap.
2: Yeah, I mean, what what do things cost at Disneyland? Are they they're like twenty bucks, ten bucks? Um,
1: well, the Disney t shirts are usually about thirty or forty, which is expensive for a t shirt. Yeah. yeah. Oh, they've got the adult size
0: avocado shirt. All right. I'm in.
1: All right. Sweet. Okay. 30 thank- bucks. 30 bad. bucks be damned. You're getting it.
0: <laughs> oh, whew, thank God they have it. Okay. Um, now that baseball style shirt there, that's pretty cool. Three quarter inch with the uh, Luke okay, and Vader. Was- this one right here. That one's pretty good. Yep. That was good. Black and white. That's a good shirt.
2: Oh, I like the cap. I like the 40th anniversary ball cap.
0: Yeah. That one's pretty sharp. That's a good logo. 40th uh, Empire Strikes Back 40th Anniversary shirt with the Luke and Vader um, logo.
2: Yes. Nothing First, makes
1: Scott happier than balls, let me tell you. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Big, sweaty ones. Big, sweaty
1: ones. <laughs> um, got the
0: Lunchbox Empire Strikes Back 40th Anniversary Metal Lunchbox Tin.
2: I think I still have the A New Hope and Empire one up in my cupboard.
1: Mm. Like from when you're a kid, do you have them? Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. Lunchboxes are huge collectibles. Yeah. So you got this other design
0: on the Rise of Skywalker pin set and T-shirt combo. So this is sort of similar to the... Uh, the other design that we looked at with Han and Chewie, this is three PO and um oh what's what's that character? Is that name? Babu Frick? Is that who that that's is? Babu
1: Frick in the middle. And that's the the Carrie Russell character, the other bounty yeah, hunter that's... from that planet, right? I forget what her name was, but Zori, Zuri, something like uh, that. Zori. Zori. Good pull. Good weird because
2: you know zori, I,
1: zori bliss i always have something on in the background when we're doing this right i have the tv going but no sound on it and tonight happens to be the rise of skywalker and right as i looked up the i have the uh, the uh, close captioning on it said zori was her name right on the close captioning wow. right now weird
2: that was <laughs> i'm with you man and then you
0: have this design too you got the mandalorian pin set that's a pretty cool design, actually.
1: With, uh, I, now I forget what Gina Carano's character is. What, what's her name, in that uh,
0: Cara, name? Cara Dune. Cara Dune. Cara Dune.
1: Cara Dune. Uh,
0: and then IG... I-11. Uh, 11 yes. And then, of course, you got the pin set also.
1: Guys, it is September. We are a month... or it is it is Yeah, well, it's almost damn near September. We're just going to call it we're September. We're a month away from Mandalorian Season 2,
2: guys. I know. I'm excited. Yeah. I am excited.
1: Yeah. Finally, something twist. 2020 is bringing us something. Finally.
2: I know. Oh, man. I I've, I've been, you know what? 2020 has sucked balls and I'm going to keep going on this balls theme, but I've got my baseball. I feel pretty good about that. Dodgers are the best team in baseball right now and now we well, have the Well. well they are, they are by by
3: well,
1: so the rumors going around tonight, so today the, the Bucks, um, Milwaukee Bucks uh boycotted, went on strike for their game, their playoff game. There's talk that the Lakers and Clippers may boycott the rest of the NBA playoffs now. Um and and MLB may follow suit also. So now, just, why is that why are they uh boycotting? Uh, uh they it's not that they're I, I think it's better to classify they're on strike um to to protest racial injustice after all the stuff that's happened in Wisconsin the past couple of days. Oh, okay. Um uh you know, lots of and, and it makes sense for for Milwaukee, obviously. That's yeah. their home their home state. Yeah. Um they they are in the middle of the playoffs and boycotted a, a playoff game. Like they were, they were called out to, or they were, you know, they were set for game time and they just never came out, you know? You know, there are some things that are more
0: important than basketball and sports mm-hmm. and good for them. Mm-hmm. Take a Absolutely. stance. Take a stance. It's enough of this Absolutely. bullshit.
1: So, so it's, it's funny after all this stuff with COVID and all this get back to, it's go. it's going to be, it's finally fucking going to be <laughs> racism that, that does something and, and, and gets people to take notice. So. Yeah, wow. I, I hadn't seen that.
2: Yes. I did see the, the game tonight between uh, L.A. and San Francisco was postponed, and I didn't see the reason why, mm. but I didn't get into any other game. So if this is the case, this could be a really good thing. I mean, the season started off with baseball. Most teams were taking a kneeling, uh, kneeling taking a knee in solidarity for the whole Black Lives Matter movement. So that was a very interesting thing to see in mm-hmm. short period of time.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: This is the case with what's happening in the NBA. I'm all for
3: it. Yeah,
0: and you know what? If we're being honest with ourselves, we've talked about this with baseball and and how good the Dodgers are, and they are a very good team. Uh, in in, yeah. uh, in any season, um, if they win, it's it's they're kind of a paper champion. It's like a two month tournament. It's really not. Uh, you know, it it. It's really, not, it to it's me, not a baseball it have the same season. Meaning, and we, the three of us are huge Dodger fans, uh, and and I think we can all agree it wouldn't. It just wouldn't have the same meaning. Yeah, it's definitely
1: got to have an asterisk.
2: Yeah, yeah, for sure. I agree, and the same thing we've talked about the whole thing with the Houston fiasco, and we'll get into all that. I feel the same way also with that. Um, but it has been such a weird season to see the Mookie Betts thing, the phenomenon happen from home, like watching the games on my computer and. Mm. But amazing at the same time. I'm also super proud of them for most of them wearing masks at all the given times that they're supposed to be wearing. I was super, super happy for this this team. I'm I'm asterisk or not, let them play, let them do it. If they <laughs> want- let's let's think back a little bit, guys. Have you ever,
1: because I don't know that I have, have you ever seen a free agent signing work out for the Dodgers as well as Mookie Betts has so far? Into the, as very young in the season, very young into his Dodger career, but you know we've had Daryl Strawberry came and he was and he was good, but not like you know not like great. Um, uh, fuck, who was the pitcher who came that was super <laughs> highly touted? They signed him for like a hundred million. He's like one of the first hundred million dollars. Kevin Brown. Kevin Brown. Thank you. And he was good for a couple of years and then blew out his arm. You know, and they'd signed him to like a seven year contract that he was good for like you know maybe two years out of and maybe I'm jinxing things. And so I'm going to knock on some wood right now, but Mookie Betts, man, that kid's fucking pretty balls out every night.
0: The, uh, you could make an argument that the only truly impactful free agent, the Dodgers have signed in the last 40 years was Kirk Gibson. Yeah. And (laughs) and one year we got, and then in 89, he was hurt and off and then he was gone. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and that, that one magic year, man. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, but yeah, I, I I don't disagree with what you're saying. I mean
1: I mean, thank God they have they've they've, you know, you, you know, obviously they haven't won a series since nineteen eighty eight. So it's not like they've you know you've ever seen the team that's just been been lights yeah. out or anything like that. But you know, lots of historically good homegrown players i mean what for like six years in a row they had rookies of the year that's one of the reasons that the dodgers have not had to spend because
0: they've they own the the you know their their farm system has been so good before we before we move on um, and we we shifted really quick to sports but i have to uh talk about the asterisk really quick rob Lowe is my new hero uh, (laughs) because he he went on uh Joe Rogan's podcast. You know, it's Joe Rogan's podcast, and we're right below him. You know, yeah. the yeah. echelon. Are
2: they, are they right uh, below us? I always we, we no yeah.
0: Rogan's number one. Don't don't brag too much. Rogan's one. We're number two. Okay. Um he you know, he's a huge Dodger fan. And he went on uh Rogan's podcast, which is a video podcast, and uh wearing an Astros cap, but instead of the <laughs> star for you know how the Houston's logo is a star with H? Yeah
3: was
0: it was an asterisk with H and I'm like first of all you're my hero second I need that
3: I need that hat
0: (laughs) I was like yes that is awesome five million people just saw that that's fabulous
2: so good stuff I think think he was the one that was at the series that I was at at Houston where he was on the dugout waving the flag at the oh, beginning really? of the World Series. Wow. They had two stars up there, and I think Rob Lowe was one of those guys up there holding the Big Dodger LA flag. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah he's a big
0: fan. fan. All right, guys. Well, that's Star Wars Celebration. Let me know what merch you need this weekend. I can hook you up with an avocado <laughs> shirt or a plushy, um, Uh. you know, a let Luke, me, Luke. Let me see if plushy.
1: I yeah, let me see if I can get one of them uh, government-funded PPP loans to have you pick up that uh, that punch bowl for me because uh, eighty bucks is pretty spendy for a uh, for a glass. So
2: <laughs> let's see, let's see what I sum up bull. with. It's a bowl. It's a big damn glass. It's gonna be a centerpiece. <laughs> your car now,
3: you spent eighty bucks on a glass.
2: It's a bowl. You know what? You could fit two cats in this, so it's a. Oh, that's
0: right.
1: Exactly. I could eat. I could eat cereal out of this thing. Is what I could do. <laughs>
2: oh my God. I'm so doing that. Where's my a- Millennium Falcon? <laughs>
1: well, you know. Uh, I'll take it from here, Steve. Since yeah, you thanks. know, celebration did not happen. Yes. Uh, just another long list of the things that 2020 has turned to complete shit. You know, a couple <laughs> weeks ago we had uh, we had uh, the the Comic Con at home celebration, which was kind of a kind of a bummer too. An interesting experience, but kind of a bummer too. But this past weekend, guys, this past weekend, I don't know if you guys uh-huh. saw any of it. DC's Fan Dome took place! Fan Two Fandome. fans enter, one fan leave.
2: <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait. posted uh, this thing? That's uh, I missed
1: they, that one. Sorry. Yeah. They did need another hero, it turned out. And they brought goddamn all of them out, is what they did. So, uh... So, yeah, it was it was I didn't I didn't watch any of it earlier, but reading the recaps of it, I actually uh, or didn't watch any of it. But I wish I would have now after reading the recaps, because I think this is how you do it right. They had all of their big tentpole franchise items that are coming out over the next year uh, Pumped pimped up some new stuff. Uh, it was really good. You learned about the Flash. You learned about the Wonder Woman movie. You learned about the Suicide Squad. You saw the new, the first new stuff about the Batman with uh, Robert Pattinson from Twilight trading in his sparkles mm. for a cowl. Uh, and of course, of course, guys, how could it go another week without me mentioning Zach, frickin' Snyder's <laughs> Justice League cut, guys? Come on now. Come on. Who's with me? So is that, is that out? Can we watch it? No, not yet. It, it will be sometime in 2021, and it will only be on HBO Max. So you've got to be a subscriber to HBO Max. So if you already are, you're in. Um, and kind of the, what they're sharing right now is it's not just going to be a recut of the movies, guys. It's going to be a four-hour multi-part event is what it's going to be. So. That is a lot of goddamn Justice League to be watching. So I'll start there, since I'm so excited about it. I really am, actually, because ah, the, the okay. Justice League movie is garbage. But did you did you guys see the trailer, at least? Did anybody see the trailer?
2: Oh, yeah. for so Justice, Scott, There's a
1: trailer for Justice League? There's the a new, new trailer for because. the Justice League that, that, that they put out. Yes, Scott watched okay. it. You obviously did not watch it yet. No. And, and, and I'm going to bust out my reaction, and then I'll wait for yours, Scott. My reaction to this? what the fuck are they doing? (laughs) Really? Yeah. First of all, it's set to Leonard Cohen's Hallelujah is what it's set to. (laughs) The most depressing song that has ever been recorded, and this is their big pimp for this movie, is Leonard Cohen and all. Hallelujah. (laughs) Oh, man. Uh, you know, there's some interesting new footage i guess that they've put in here but my god this is going to be such a just a complete train wreck is what it looks like
2: greg this- i've got a million things i want you and i could go for like four hours on just this fandom thing that
0: did. <laughs> hey can i just really quick before you go scott uh, okay. i'm looking at uh, variety.com and fandom and generated twenty two million views.
1: It did. It was very successful. Huge. That's and what I'm saying. They,
0: over two hundred countries.
1: Yeah, they they, they brought totally. out the big guns for this. And wow. and I, I think I think it really paid off. So it, I good on them for, for the success of this event over the weekend, because yeah it, yeah, it garnered a lot of attention for these franchises that you know, when it's been so hard to garner interest in anything this year, I think this really managed to succeed.
2: Yeah, this is definitely a success story in the way to put on these types of events. But I would, and and that's after the Comic Con fiasco that we. Yeah, it, it was very just ho hum. Yeah. And and Greg, you've been to uh, the Tiki Oasis thing with me. They did something very similar also about a week week and a half ago, and it wasn't bad. But it's another event where it's just you you don't feel that social interaction like Comic Con or
3: mm-hmm. the
2: Oasis or all that stuff. But this, for some reason, nailed it. However,
1: (laughs) so we're only talking about Justice League right now, Scott. That's all we're talking about right now. All right.
2: (laughs) That was my however segue. Um, uh, Can I say hallelujah? How many times? What is it with Zack Snyder in these dramatic, boring, weird-ass songs he's got to throw in?
1: And he's used this song before, too, in his Watchmen movie. He used it during a sex scene in Watchmen. I know.
2: (laughs) I it was when it came on I'm like wait isn't this when night owl is having sex? Yes. It <laughs> <And Yes. laughs> literally happened in my mind. I'm like what's wrong with me that I remember that? But um no I here's the thing also am I getting the pan and scan VHS version because it was all in like cropped pan and scan shots or a lot of it. If you go back and watch it there's black bars that move up and down on the side. I know.
1: I know. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. It was, it was a very weird trailer. And you know what? They, they, they're not reshooting anything. They're, but they, I think they are CGIing a lot of the action. So we got our first look at Darkseid, who's going to be the big bad. And, and Darkseid is kind of like the anti Superman. Um, yeah. not like Bizarro Superman. He's kind of like the anti Superman. You know, he's like the one real, you know, uh, uh, on par villain with Super because Superman is very godlike in his abilities, right? And and Darkseid's on his level. And he looks very cartoony, very plastic, but whatever. What are you gonna do?
2: Darkseid did look very CGI. I however, uh what's his name? The villain that was in the film. Steppenwolf. Step Steppenwolf looked I to me I know they always like to soup up the costumes, but a little bit better than the kind of weird look that we got from the finished version.
3: Yeah. So, yeah. I know
2: a biomechanical suit that they showed, but it looked better, like the shape and everything. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's still a train wreck. I'm going to probably watch somehow, some. Oh
1: yeah, I, I'm going to watch the shit out of this thing somehow. <laughs> by hook or by crook, I'm going to watch it and just fucking in in all of its just god awful glory. I'm just going to enjoy <laughs> every bit of it. Uh, so we also saw another trailer, Scott. For oh, you want something? You want to add something else?
2: Just one more thing. Okay. One credit I'm going to give them is they didn't hold back. They threw everything in that. Train oh, wreck. yeah. Yeah.
1: You get to see it. You get to see it all.
2: <laughs> I was, actually, I mean, whether it was a train wreck or not, I was like, wow, it wasn't like two scenes and we're going to feel special. They showed the whole goddamn thing was all like new stuff. I'm like, OK, yeah. there you yeah. go.
1: Lots and lots of stuff going on in there. Yeah, it's there's so so there's a lot of unused stuff that Joss Whedon threw out. And, you know, it, it's it does look like, you know, that it'll be a very different movie from what we saw in the theater. So, hey, cool. You know, it's it's an World story, whatever you want to call it. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, there you go, but it—I it, don't know that it looks better, but it looks different. That's for damn sure.
2: <laughs> okay, one, other, one comment before we move on, I will say that this is somebody else's line. I'm not going to steal it, but I am going to quote it. Somebody said, it does look like Batman has a hell of a lot more nightmares in this one. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot more nightmare sequences. I'm like, all right.
1: Nice, nice. So uh, the next thing I'll touch on that we saw was the Wonder Woman trailer. Did you guys watch the Wonder Woman trailer? Wonder Woman 1984, the sequel to the, the only good oh. DC movie that has been out. Yes. <laughs> Wonder Woman 1984. Yes. This time with the surprising Kristen Wiig as the villain of the movie playing the Cheetah.
2: Yes. Mm. I was more impressed with the fact that they showed her what she would look like in her final form. So
1: Yeah. You know, um, it's it's interesting because I think it does kind of give away why Chris Pine is in this movie. Is So yep. uh, uh, Pedro Pascal plays Maxwell Lord. Pedro Pascal from Mandalorian, everybody. Mm-hmm. Thanks for keeping up. Uh, plays Maxwell Lord, who's a very interesting character, who is the good guy – well, he was posing as a good guy for a long time in the just in the Justice League America books in the late 80s, early 90s, and ends up being a bad guy, just straight out villain. It looks like in this movie, but it looks like he has some kind some type of wish granting abilities, um, and that's probably how Chris Pine ends up coming back from being part of this movie. Uh, but also for Kristen Wiig, grants her to the ability to actually, it, it, from what it looks like, actually become a cheetah and i was kind of i was kind of digging the crazed you know kind of she had the drawn out makeup and everything and you can see her kind of you know succumbing to this powder power that she was that she was craving so badly i was not as impressed with the cgi look of the cheetah that she became
2: <laughs> right. yeah. dc's got a ways to go on that for some reason uh yes you know what it actually reminded me of greg was uh, Michelle Pfeiffer in Batman Returns. Yes,
1: very much that vibe. Very oh, much.
2: I felt I, like I walked out of there, I'm like, wow, I think I just saw them reshoot Batman Returns. With <laughs> but uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I'll still give that one a chance because I really like the Wonder Woman. Look. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. They announced also the next Suicide Squad movie, this time with uh, James Gunn, who after he was fired uh, and before he was rehired on Guardians of the Galaxy 3, he he took the Suicide Squad role. Um, Go for it, Scott. You want to add something right now? I'm going to let you.
2: I do, because I don't want you to move on without saying this. Uh, That was going to be the tough pill to swallow for me because I was so expecting so much from the first one. Um, They did not... I think I lost you guys. Oh, no!
1: you're still there. You're still there.
2: So we got some sharings going on here. Okay. Uh, so real quick on that. Um, what I loved, they didn't have a trailer for it. They had like a behind the scenes, uh, yes. little mini documentary. Yes. I was more amped about James Gunn being in that documentary and his, his enthusiasm yeah. and everything was exploding. And I yeah. really got me pumped for this. So I'm hoping yeah. they pull it off and I actually thought the uh, Margot. Um, Robbie, Margot Mar- Robbie His character as Harley Quinn Looked a little bit more menacing and honest So yeah. if he can yeah. get out of her I'm going to be super happy about that
1: So I'm glad you brought up Margot Robbie Because she was in the uh, first Suicide Squad So we're also returning uh, We've got uh, Viola Davis Who's uh, Amanda Waller, kind of the leader We've got Joel Kinnaman We've got uh, Jai Courtney and then it's a bunch of new guys. And and when I say it's a bunch of new guys, I, I I don't know if there's another person who could be in this movie, guys. You have Michael Rooker. You've got David Dasmalchian, who's been in the Ant-Man movies. You've got Idris Alba, who's been in the Thor movies. You've got Peter Capaldi, who was Doctor Who. You've got Alice Braga, who's uh, been in a couple of uh, TV things, I believe. Pete Davidson, that crackhead from Saturday Night Live. Uh, Captain Hammer himself, Nathan Fillion. Uh, you got wrestling superstar John Cena. Uh, I'm pretty sure that Scott oh. Avansky is in this. Uh, Dave Potter makes an appearance somewhere. Um, <laughs> Steve Baldwin shows up at one point. Nico um, just fucked right out of this movie. So uh, I, I don't his, think there's his anybody. Toe was left. when they were filming. His toe <laughs> I, was I don't injured. think anybody else could be in this movie, guys. But Scott, you're right. It, God damn it if he didn't make me excited to see this movie. <laughs> I
2: know, right? I have I walked away. I'm like, there's no way I'm going to like this piece of heaping burning trash. But
1: the, the first one is so bad. I mean, it really is one of the worst superhero movies of the last 15 years.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And it was such a shame because I was so excited to see Harley Quinn's debut and it turns mm-hmm. out to be that, and it was like horrible. Um, yeah. The scenes that I've seen with, uh, with Margot Robbie were really impressive. I know it's all behind the scenes stuff, But it's maybe the enthusiasm. Heard very dramatic parts in those scenes, and then seeing some of those classic. uh, What's the character? The shark. The half. King shark. King shark. Mm. King shark.
1: Yeah. John John Cena is the peacemaker and looks fucking great in his costume too. (laughs) I mean.
2: Yes, I was. I'm like, okay, can we just ignore the first one and just start with this one? Because I'm cool with that.
1: Exactly. Exactly. So so that's Suicide Squad, and we're not done yet Because also they talked about the Flash movie Which it seems like it's been on and off and on and off and on and off forever uh, The Flash movie, and they, they, the guy they got to hire is the guy that made the two It remakes So okay, that guy's uh, guy uh, uh, hot right now And those movies are okay, I suppose um, Still starring Ezra Miller uh, But what intrigued me about this what intrigued me about this, guys, is it really sounds like they're doing a whole Crisis on Infinite Earths storyline here. And they're talking about bringing back the Michael Keaton Batman. They're talking about bringing back the Ben Affleck Batman to really yeah. tie in all the different universes. I'm like, that's an interesting take for this film. Wow, um, that's interesting. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so the Christ on Infinite Earths was was after Marvel's Secret Wars was one of the first big year long multi comic book crossover events for for DC. And what it what what it did, you know, in in the DC the universe at this time, there was all these multiple Earths that were out there. That's how you could explain why Batman, well, Superman Batman existed in the '30s and still existed in the '80s at the same age. And the purpose was to take all of those, you know timelines and merge them all into one so there'd only be one timeline of dc comics and so it was a lot of time travel and dimension skipping and the flash was an integral part of that actually it's because of the way his powers work and it was a it was a cool story it was a lot of fun and he had the death of supergirl and the great george lopez cover and and actually the flash the original flash barry allen died in that story it was really cool so if they go that route and this is what they're the, the tactic they're taking with it I think I'm down for this one, too, guys. Yeah.
2: Yeah, that's the character a character and a storyline I can get behind. The whole concept of Flash and his powers and the Crisis on Infinite Earth storyline would just be wonderful. And if they can pull this off, and you can bring Michael Keaton back into this, and you can bring everyone together and do it just right, you could essentially save the DC Universe and almost start from that point on. You can move on. And have a ton of story to tell. Yeah, yeah. I'm um, very. Yes, I am.
1: So the last thing I'll talk about, guys, and I did save it for last because um, I, I, I do want to hear Scott's take on it. Um, and it has to do with with Robert, uh, and we'll just call him Robert Battinson now is what we'll call him. <laughs> what we'll call him is Robert Battinson because uh, because he's the, he's <laughs> <laughs> Steve, Lisa will be very excited to hear that uh, that Robert Pattinson has traded in his sparkles for a cowl. And, oh, and, she's and he excited. Is, he is now the Batman, guys. What did we – did, Scott, I'm sure you saw the trailer. Steve, I don't think you did in this case. I think you should watch this trailer, and I think we should yeah. talk about it. Uh, no, I've seen it
0: multiple times. Oh, uh, have
1: you already? Oh, yeah. The, are you kidding? The night it, we were out together at a
0: nice dinner on our anniversary. So the trailer's How We have to watch it. So,
3: yeah.
0: <laughs> and then we watched it multiple times later. So, yeah, it, I've seen it.
1: So uh, so, so yeah. not original, putting an Englishman back but behind the cape and Cow, because that was Christian Bale, also an Englishman. And, uh, and Christian Bale did a great job, one of the better Batmans. But... Not a big fan of the Batman suit from the Christian for Nolan's myself. Uh, I personally think the best bat suit I've seen on screen. And guys, you're going to be surprised at this. Ben Affleck's from the Justice League movie, and from uh, from uh, from uh, the Superman versus Batman Dawn of Justice as well. I thought that was a great Batman suit.
2: Now, what don't do we- they change it a little bit? Don't they change it up a little bit
1: between
2: uh, the movies? Oh, they, they've changed them all,
1: yes. Between even even when the actor hasn't changed, the bat suit has been tweaked just a little bit here. Um, can we talk about the bat suit in in the new one? This new Matt Reeves, Robert Pattinson Batman. Can we talk about this? Yes. Yeah. It looks like it's made of duct tape, guys. I'm just going to say it. <laughs>
2: well, yes, um, but but you have to agree, or maybe even kind of get into a debate on this. You, to me, it looks like the Batman or the bat suit from the games uh, uh the arkham asylum games
1: oh yeah there's a lot of plating on there there's a lot of extra it looks like pieces over pieces over pieces kind of thing yeah I, I i i agree with that yeah
2: but you're right it looks like it's just been you know hacked together and the the game definitely has a little bit more of a body armor suit look to it than mm-hmm. this is but yeah I, I kind of agree with you on that um, we're, we're, let's let's go on. Let's move on to some other stuff that you want to talk about, unless you want more suit stuff. Because there's a lot to talk about in this trailer.
1: Well, you know the, what I what I what I'm not a big fan of. Uh, and, and then I'll, and then we'll move on here. It's just there's parts that are dull and parts that are shiny and and like I say, it just it, it looks like it's just slapped together with duct tape. Is really what it does. I'm not. Uh, it wasn't overall impressive. Um, Robert Pattinson himself is Bruce Wayne. Um, I don't think he's that young, but he looks really young. He looks really young. And maybe I'm just used to seeing my, my Batman a little bit older. Um, yeah. But I expect a guy like 35, 40-ish. Oh. And and Robert Pattinson looks like he's like 22.
2: Yeah. I, I kind of agree with you. In fact, the one, Steve, you're showing a bunch of uh, uh, screenshots and stuff. Yeah. I almost wish he did have a little bit more facial hair to make him feel a little bit older. Something to give them that, you know, a little more depth and character. Mm -hmm. Um, But that doesn't mean I'm not going to like it. I mean, there were some disagreements about, you know, Batfleck and all that crap that Mm -hmm. went on for a while. Um, There was something I found very intriguing that I haven't seen, I don't think ever, in a Batman movie is, uh, somebody else pointed this out, but I really wanted to touch on it, is there is a scene towards the end of the trailer where he takes off the cowl and you see the makeup underneath and i thought that was really interesting mm-hmm. because you always see them take off the mask at the whole cowl setup and they're just perfectly clean face underneath and you know that they have to have those dark eyes right. so to see it kind of bleeding down his face that gave it a little more grit to me yeah you know that that's
1: it's very true cuz that's it has really bugged me in past movies when he's obviously wearing uh, makeup over his eyes to to completely black out the eyes over, over from the cow, right? Because the cow has the eye holes cut out, and he's blinking his eyes. And there's obviously black makeup over his eyes, but every time right. he takes off the mask, his eyes are are clean. And there's one shot in Batman Returns. We'll go back to Batman Returns, the one with Catwoman, and Penguin for with Michael Keaton as Batman, where yeah. he does rip off the mask. And in one in one shot you know he's got the black makeup and then in the very next shot when he rips the mask off you can see that there's no makeup off and they've they wiped all the makeup off so he could act and not have the makeup there and that's just really uh, it's, it's just really dumb so yeah I am glad that they showed that yes he does have makeup on underneath there and 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 not removing that really adds in a, in a, in a guy in a, in a movie where a guy is wearing a bat suit it adds some realism.
2: Yeah, some right. welcome
1: realism. So Steve, you there you go.
2: Keep scrolling down on the pictures you're showing. You'll see the shot that Greg was talking about uh, over there on the right hand side. Michael Keaton. Uh, keep going farther over on the right hand side, all the way over Sorry, here. There,
1: yeah. Uh. Yeah, that's after he rips it off, and look, no makeup.
2: <laughs> right, right,
1: right, right. You
0: know, in this picture of, of Pattinson, though, I you're talking about his age. And I, I had the same criticism of him when I thought of he's just such a young guy. He's probably the actors, probably definitely young,
1: younger than 30 years old. He's Well, you know, it, uh, Twilight was 15 years ago now, so he's probably 30 something. That's true. But yeah. well, you, that's a good point here
0: yeah. in this in this stock image here. This, you know, this image of him as Bruce Wayne. I think they're intentionally making him look older in this shot. Yeah. Um, you know, to make him more look 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 like more of a a seasoned you know uh, character. I mean, when you look at that compared to something like this, um, or maybe even this one. You know, this is the Twilight era. Of course, this is a few years ago now. Yeah. Uh, he he's a much more mature uh young man now. Um, yeah, so but I, I, I think he, I mean, in terms of the, this was the one trailer that I did watch, and um, I, I was, ha- I was happily, um, I was happy with it that it was so dark. I really liked that it was dark and moody. I loved the use of the Nirvana song underneath all of it.
1: Um, yeah, see, this is how you create a mood in a trailer with song. Zack Snyder take notes. So please, yeah. <laughs> I,
0: thought it, I thought that part of it was great. I picked that up immediately, and Lisa's like, "What Nirvana song?" I'm like, no, that's a Nirvana song, and we we found it. Yeah. Uh, I thought it was great. I, I enjoyed it, and I'm looking forward to the film. And yeah, I'm I, not a huge Batman fan. I mean, I like the movies. Um, I I loved the um, the most recent series uh, with what's his name, um, Christian Bale. With Bale, yeah, I thought he did a. He was a great Batman. And I will watch this movie for sure. I'm yeah. Totally stoked.
1: Yeah. So I, I I don't know that I'm sold on Robert Pattinson, but uh, yeah, I I have seen every Batman movie, and I will go see this one. Um, and and the movie Robert Pattinson, be damned, looks um looks good. I'll say. You know, it's very early to tell. It's hard to tell from a trailer where they don't really tell you a whole bunch. But the uh, the shots they put, I like all the people in it. You know, as uh uh, what's the what's the um. Oh, uh, shit. No, the guy who's in Westworld and he's in the oh, James sure. Bond movies. Um Yeah, he looks like he's playing Gordon in this movie. Yes, he's playing yeah. Gordon, so they they got a new take on Gordon. Um and I and it, I'm I'm embarrassed that I'm forgetting his name right now and I, I'm kind of pissed at myself. I keep wanting to say Edgar Wright, but that's the uh that's the director of a uh, of a uh, uh all the the Simon Pegg movies is what he does. Yeah. Um, um and who's the um jeffrey wright jeffrey wright thank yeah. you very much thank you who, very much and who is the
0: there's uh zoe kravitz is zoe kravitz is Catwoman. is that yeah. right yeah i'm just searching it up here she's fantastic she's yeah. the daughter of lenny kravitz and lisa bonet
1: yeah
0: <laughs> my god you just look at her you can see it you yeah just, exactly take a of, <laughs> yeah uh, she's a splitting image of both of them wow exactly.
2: that's great she's yeah. on a really good show right now too um the one about the wives up in um, like Monterey Bay, what is that?
1: Oh, oh Pretty yeah. Little Lies or something like that. Yeah, yeah. she's great on that show. Oh, and- here's another thing. So, so since she's the daughter of of Lisa Bonet, her stepdad is now uh, Jason Momoa. Yep, Aquaman himself. That is right. Wow. <laughs> That's a power <laughs> couple.
2: Uh-oh. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Um. I hmm. I wasn't blown okay. away, but I wasn't totally turned off. Uh, there were there were little things. Uh, the fact that um what what's his name Jeffrey Wright is that his name yeah uh, playing Gordon that kind of threw me for a loop because he when he first shows up I'm like is that is he playing Gordon or is he gonna be Lucius Fox I
3: mm-hmm. it was kind
2: of a weird throw for me and then some of the stuff about Batman's entrance I it makes me wonder where they're putting this Batman because some of it, like, Greg, you mentioned that it looks like this thing's duct, tape, duct taped together, his suit. Yeah. And you're right. It does feel like that, which makes me feel like it's kind of early on in his career. Uh, you have a younger Catwoman. You have uh, the scene when he walks into... Okay, so the weird scene for me is when he walks into a crime scene like he's expected to be there. Mm. It's Yeah, the, All
1: the all the cops are just, like, parting the way so he can come in and do his thing. Yeah.
2: So I know that, that was the thing. They wanted him to be more of a detective. Fine. But all of a sudden, it's okay for the crazy guy in a bat suit to come walking into a crime scene. Okay, that's, that was a little jarring for me. But I think the thing that really got me was the way the scene is shot, you see him being followed in like the cameras on the ground. You're following his boots walking in. And his boots, this is what makes me feel like it's not Batman at his prime. It's early on in in the stages of creating the outfit, creating the identity, because, but he's established, and this is what's weird. You see this like he's just wearing some like army jack boots or something, and he's not wearing like his normal gear. So I'm like, how established is he that he can get into a crime scene, but he's so young that he doesn't have a full suit like he should? It just seemed kind of weird. Those are the little criticisms, but enough for me to be intrigued to go see the film. I'm not turned off by the film. That's all I'm
1: saying. Yeah. I'm just saying it that way. Fair it, it, it sounded like um, they also had Andy Circus, and I think Andy Circus is taking over the uh, Alfred Rowe role, which yeah. I think is interesting. I like Andy Circus and he'd, you know, I think he'd I think he'd make a, a good uh, Alfred in that role. I think he was criminally underused as claw in in uh well the avengers movie first of all uh which he got a list but he did get more of a role in black panther but then was killed almost immediately in black panther which kind of sucked because i thought he was a really good villain and really just tearing it up as far as chewing the scenery i thought he was doing a great job he was really just good complete mustache twirling villain is what he was and i thought no doubt Yeah. yeah totally agree so I'm happy to see him come back. And then the other one that uh, that was surprised apparently Colin Farrell is in it too. He was unrecognizable. They are thinking maybe he'll be the Penguin, but not sure exactly. So I don't know.
2: That's right. Uh, Cobblepot's in this.
1: Wow. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Okay. Go
1: so ahead. that was so that was fandom, guys. So much to cover there, and stuff that's a hit, stuff that's could be a miss, and stuff that's going to be just terrible and fantastic. So I was I'm I'm excited again about the DC universe.
2: I, yeah, didn't think it was gonna happen. Honest to God, I was like, "Well, whatever, Fandome or whatever they called it." Fandome. I I honestly thought I would never be excited for another DC film, so I'm I'm kind of happy they pulled that off.
3: Yeah. Oh,
0: did yeah. you by by the by the way, did you see these images of Colin Farrell as uh, Penguin?
1: No, I haven't you seen see him yet. You got to see them.
0: this, really. Let me just share my screen again. You got to see this. It's actually pretty cool. Like, look at this cool You can see it right yeah yeah i mean you wouldn't think of your in my
1: mind's eye this is the colin farrell that i think of right yeah exactly just that's what i was saying. he's unrecognized just with the the shaved back hair and everything yes. like that i'm like and they, Christ, they've elong,
0: elongated his nose of course and mm-hmm. he sort of added some weight to his face and uh looks pretty good yeah pretty, there's a penguin oh here's a poster check
1: that out <laughs> that's gotta be fan made. I'm assuming that's going uh, fan made.
0: Yeah, it does. Yeah. That's pretty strong though. <laughs>
1: nice.
3: Very cool. Very
0: cool. Well, Scott, uh, heading back to the Star Wars universe. Kathleen Kennedy was in the news uh this Scott's week, favorite person. Talking about the uh the Star Wars universe. Actually we have a quote from Kathleen. Um I isolated a sound clip um from her. Um let me just play that real quick to queue up your uh your story.
2: I don't wear a mask for the same reason I don't un- wear underwear.
0: So, Cal, how did she uh, explain that, Scott?
2: <laughs> well, I think it came off, uh, things gotta breathe, Steve. Um, <laughs> I yeah, need to add the second part of that clip. So, so not a lot happening, but some stuff kind of came up in the news. And um, what we're going to be talking about is Lucasfilm looks to be taking a step back uh, to reassess Star Wars, according to, uh, what is this here, Desert News um kathleen kennedy was in the news spoke with the rap about the future of the star wars franchise she spoke about the mandalorian and obviously baby yoda what is pretty much on everybody's mind um and what she basically said and, and i found this really weird because you guys know where i stand on this um but she basically said that lucasfilm is taking a step back and to, to really absorb what george lucas created And this is this is a tough article for me to like spit out here because my stance with Kathleen Kennedy and the way she handled George when the transition was happening is not very favorable towards Kathleen. (laughs) So um, she just kind of talked about the future of TV, um, suggesting uh, how streaming might be the new home for Star Wars. Uh, some quotes from her are, the ability to be very character-driven with extended storytelling and connected storytelling, I think this space offers us a great opportunity to do that. There's so many fans out there and so many filmmakers that have been influenced by Star Wars for so long that it's it's a fantastic opportunity to get a sense of who wants to be a part of this. And I, I think it's great that she's doing this. I just find it funny that she's doing it at this point. And I don't know if it's because not a lot's going on right now in the world. We were lucky to have The Mandalorian season two finished. So that all they had to do was their uh, wrap up editing work. But. The
0: entrepreneur ready to. <laughs> thank, thank you, random pop
2: up ad. Sorry. <laughs> I thought that was like a weird Wookiee thing or something. Uh, but yeah, you know, my feeling with her is. I'm glad she's kind of putting that out there and leaving that open for a lot of people and interpretation. But where, I mean, from the stuff we've talked about, where is that going? Where's we've talked about the movies we've talked about, um, even my favorite Ryan Johnson and his trilogy. Um, she's kind of cutting back on the whole movie thing and just focusing on the television part of it right now. And if that works great, but that leaves a lot of stuff that we've been discussing kind of like vague and up in the air.
1: Yeah, you-, you know, for for me I I think I think I kind of agree with this take cuz I don't know that I want or need to wait 2 years for another 2 hour movie. I think I would rather see a a an eight part series, new series every year. And but it, but really what it all depends on is is making sure you get the right people putting it together. Like she was fucking lucky to get John Favreau and and Dave Filoni to commit well, you know, Dave Filoni. This has kind of been his bread and butter with with Clone Wars and Rebels, and and I think he had his hand in Resistance also. Um, so he's kind of honed this craft for over over many many years, and 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 I think that Fabro coming in just was able to punch up and and give it a real cinematic and and lend some credence to it that Filoni didn't have with the with the rank and file people that are out there um it'll really be interesting if they ever get obi-wan back on track and make something good out of that if they can do a home run with that then this is where star wars has to live from now on you have to make these long form stories and you have to just go with
2: them see and this is where i've been so critical of her in the past i the way i feel that she's handled the movie franchise of this to me i see it as a failure and I, i know some people might think that's harsh but hear me out for a second what I do agree with you on, Greg, is exactly the opposite. I mean, is, is exactly what you're saying, but the opposite of what I've been saying about her and, her and her film franchise part of this is that she knows how to get the right people in and the right coordination in for all the television that we've been seeing. Even the stuff we haven't been seeing is very promising, but it's something she wasn't able to wrangle or corral for the film part of it. It seemed like a good start, and then it just seemed to kind of, filter and fizzle and problems and this and she couldn't keep things on track but you're right getting filoni and getting um favreau together and then that that really should be the pinnacle right there that they should boost those two guys up and make them a bigger part of anything production wise or producing any of that stuff from this point on i think they should be involved in all those products in some way shape or form
1: Make make him, you want to make Fabro the Kevin Feige of the uh, of the Star Wars universe is what you want to do.
2: Yeah, at least like an executive producer where he can come in and make have a say so in
1: something. Yeah, you know the problem is like the 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 movie realm, and we'll you know we'll have to see, uh, and we haven't mentioned at all that this weekend um, New Mutants is being released to the theaters finally, guys. We haven't mentioned that at all.
2: Hang on, I'm I'm booking my ticket to. (laughs) (laughs) Right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that poor movie that poor poor movie man I, they they're just sacrificing it to the wolves is what they're doing it's
0: <laughs> guys i have to i have to weigh in on this because this there's there's a one quote in this story that is to me it's like biting on tinfoil because it brings up six months on this show where we went through pain and gnashing of teeth that i don't think we need to revisit totally but Uh, The quote is: "There are so many Star Wars fans out there, and so many filmmakers that have been influenced by Star Wars for so long, and it's a fantastic opportunity to get a sense for who wants to be part of this." I could pull that quote from four years ago. Yeah, yeah. Her saying exactly the same thing.
1: Who hired Josh Trank? Who hired Miller and Lord? Yeah.
0: Who hired Lord and Miller? Yeah. Yeah. She fucked that up, and and I. Look, Kathleen Kennedy, she's amazing. But we we were saying on this show before the success of Mandalorian, Star Wars needs a showrunner, yeah, like Kevin Feige, just yeah. to, to helm the ship and bring some sanity. Don't throw these different projects in what is intended to be a sequential movie franchise at all these different directors and think you're going to get lucky like George did with episode four, five, and six with three different directors. You're it's, it, 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 was, it was, um, it was a, a wonderful thing that happened and thank goodness it did. But boy, well,
1: you, you had three different directors, but it was George's story. It and was I think George I, in the background. Yes. Uh, and, and, and I think, I think that's where, where, where Kathleen Kennedy didn't do herself any favors is that she wanted the creators to create in this world. But she didn't you know she didn't force them to tie it all together, um, yeah, and, and that's and why the story seems so disjointed.
0: That's right. And then you get someone who's a brilliant filmmaker and super creative,
1: mm-hmm. like um, Ryan Johnson.
0: Johnson, wrong guy though,
1: mm-hmm.
0: to make the middle part of a three-part movie because he just took it over this way, and mm-hmm. we never recovered. So I just feel like, you know, if you're going to start doing this, like, oh, let's get all these young filmmakers together and do that again. Boy, that does not feel like the direction we should be headed. Yeah, I'm sorry.
2: I have to throw this in because my main point was I was giving her props that she could get the TV part of this going. But let's get back to the film for a second. My biggest issue was exactly what Greg just said. George Lucas wrote this as like a passion project. This wasn't just a movie and then three directors came on board and those three or two other directors came on board and they filled in those blanks. They took an entire writing project that he cut down. So that was already there. That story, that concept, even some of the really bad dialogue was still there. Mm -hmm. The fact that she didn't do that and trust her directors or the people involved to write an over arcing story and we've argued this on this show and now knowing what has come to light after rise of skywalker and how she put those pieces together and basically like manifested that rise of skywalker movie at the very like while it was being shot Mm -hmm. proves she did not have an overall plan for this trilogy and that's what really bothered me because she was out there basically lying telling people we had this all put together we had an idea everything that ryan johnson did was put down no it wasn't it was clear we argued it but after rise of skywalker and showing like all the people that were involved that were saying no this was being like written as we were directing these scenes i'm like yeah that to me tells me you don't have a good plan stop being that person and be the person that kind of corrals and wrangles those talented people and get them in the right spots and do that. That's a good job for you. Stop putting your foot. Put, stop. There are too many cooks in the kitchen and we don't need you to be in here.
3: Yeah,
0: I, I, I agree with you, Scott, but then on the other hand, there's also the element of creativity that happens while you're making it. I mean, Lucas wasn't sure whether Luke and Leia were sis, brother sister or not until you know, until the end of episode four. I mean, really, it was it was up for grabs, and there were multiple iterations of that script where, you know, it could have gone either way.
2: Well, okay, but I mean, this show even proves the fact that we should not be doing this for four years, just making this shit up on the fly. <laughs>
0: what are you Wait. talking about? Every word <laughs> of the show is scripted. Wait, hold on. What am I supposed to say next? Um, that was a great point, Scott. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you know what anywho that was a good point we said um yeah but i think you know he still had the, the the structure there the construct was there everything was there and it was just putting together the right pieces and even Kirshner added his stuff when he was filming fire yeah. so yeah
1: you know i i i agree with you 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 made a really good point because i agree with you in that there were too many cooks in the kitchen but i don't know that i agree with you in that kathleen kennedy didn't like have a, a, a general rough sketch at the start. I think she knew where she wanted to start and I knew where she wanted to end. But I think she wanted to allow the story creators um, influence that and and let it morph and change as it went along. Um, sure. So it's kind of like in politics, you know it's like you know when you're when you're running a campaign, they promise all these things and almost none, none of them ever come come to fruition. Um, and I think she allowed herself to be swayed too much. I think she needed to set a little bit more boundaries and say, "This is where we're going to start. This is where we want to end. Keep us on the path. You know, don't stray too far." And I think she wanted to allow these creators to breathe and to and to you know bring something to it that had never been seen before. And I think it was a failure. I like like you said, Scott. I think it was a failure. I don't I I don't know that that this current trilogy of movies is. Gonna be lasting. So, um...
2: well, let me let me say, I I like what you said there. But again, here's another thing to bring up. Look at the script that Colin Trevorrow wrote. That was the original one that we got the the, the screenplay, and we saw a bunch of animated stuff and little uh, movies that kind of popped up on what
0: we didn't could... cover that much. We could do a whole show on that.
2: Actually, mm-hmm. but it was fantastic, and it tried to follow that storyline. But where did it fit in? Like what we saw after Ryan Johnson's movie, how much, I mean, if you take Rise of Skywalker versus the Colin Trevorrow Rise of Skywalker, or, or what would have been, there's, there's some drastic differences there. So did she just look at his creativity and say, it doesn't gel with my end game? Or, I mean, there's just so much to talk about in that because that's yeah. what- where- I feel like you might be right, Greg, that she did have an endpoint, maybe a starting and endpoint. But I just feel like, th- unlike George's manuscript that he had, she did not have that. And that gave yeah. too much room for them to not work together. And when she was firing other people on those sequels, maybe that was causing more chaos and it wasn't uniting the people to write a better, thorough trilogy of movies.
1: Yeah. Well, I I yeah, and and what you see coming out of that too is the current cast of, of of characters is not hanging on to this to this, you know, they're all kind of Harrison Ford's at this point. They're all ready to let it go and to move on. Like John Boy- Boyega has been vocally um are very vocal about saying that he is ready to move on from Star Wars. Daisy Ridley hardly ever talks about Star Wars. Oscar Isaac doesn't have very nice things to say about Star Wars. You know, and coming into this, they were all like super fans. Really? So I know. Yeah, it's, it's it's a shame that you know that we won't see them in, in in 20 years, you know, reminiscing, waxing poetic about the great time they spent over 3 movies making making a trilogy of Star Wars movies. I just don't see it happening.
2: And and honestly yeah. that Besides the stuff we talked about, that's not just a failure on her part, but not creating the characters from a creative st- standpoint that we all can go down in history loving mm. 20, 30 years later or next generation to sit back and go, wow, those are you know amazing. Look where they took those characters and look how it all ended. They were not fun endings for those people. I, I really just – I could almost care less at how all of those main characters ended their story arc. So.
3: Yeah. One
0: more point to your point, uh, Greg, I think that maybe the answer is that with Filoni mm-hmm. uh, having so much television success, maybe he is the showrunner for Star Wars. It's just that Star Wars is
1: a television series now. Yeah. Yeah. And that's I I, I started I wanted to bring that up earlier, but I, I also want to let Scott finish his point is that. It, it seems like you know, and and who knows now with the COVID situation. That's when I went into New Mut- New Mutants, but it Gosh. seems like Marvel owns the movie era uh, right now. They have kind of mastered the superhero movie. Everybody looks forward to the next Marvel movie. I don't think people were as excited after the first after Force Awakens when it when it was just the huge blockbuster return of Star Wars. You know, you I, you definitely saw diminishing returns on that. Yeah. Uh, and I, I but, but I also think it works better in in this long form television story. I mean, I think I think it I think it works better in that arena than I do I, than I see it as a movie franchise at this point.
3: Yeah.
0: Well, maybe, it maybe, um, <clears throat> maybe
2: we time uh, will give that movie feeling a little time to get a, lo- a breath of fresh air, and maybe somewhere down the road, five years from now, we might get a better movie franchise out of this if we just take some time away.
1: Yeah. I wouldn't care I, if, if they give me a great Obi-Wan series, if they give me a if they give me a great Cassian Andor series, if they give me a great Mandalorian season two, I won't ever care to go to a movie theater to see a Star Wars movie again.
0: It's about the, it's about the storytelling.
1: Yeah. And, yeah with the, and with the technology
0: we have at home and the big screens and stuff, we we have the, the visuals at home. And um, I, I've heard this argument at home. And we had this conversation a year and a half ago. Will the movie theaters die? Is it possible? This is before COVID.
1: Yeah, we we really need to have those conversations now.
2: (laughs) My God. Well, will it die in the U.S.? Everywhere else, it seems to be okay. That's true. Uh, But that's a great point, Greg, and I do agree with you somewhat on it. But I also want to say the reason why I brought that argument up is because there are good stories to tell in a two-hour setting or two-and-a-half-hour setting. Case in point, I think Rogue One is one of the greatest Star Wars films in this next generation. And if we didn't get that film, we wouldn't be getting a Cassian Andor uh, television series. And, you know, and again, True. they could have worked together.
1: Yeah, you're right.
2: You have to have the right people and the right amount of talent to write and direct those and get that out there and know how to do it. You just have to know how to do it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: You know what else you need? You need the right tweet.
2: Oh, God. It's the Star Wars
3: Tweet (laughs) of the Week. (laughs) Really?
0: Curious. Because everybody knows that Twitter is a source of endless positivity. You're gravely mistaken.
1: Come to your senses!
0: Well, uh, there are a few Twitter accounts that are kind of funny. Sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) That's right, it's the Star Wars Tweet of the Week, brought to you by the Wretched Hive Podcast, only... At the Rich eye podcast, will you find the Star Wars tweet of the week? And this one comes. This one's actually a little bit meta. It's a little meta, guys. This this <laughs> comes uh, thanks to <laughs> Ben, whose uh, tag name on Twitter is uh, @TechDeckObama. at Tech Deck Obama. At Tech Deck Obama. All right. Ben tweets on August twentieth. Uh, he tweets. Pretending that the Star Wars memes my co-worker is showing me are funny. God I've stooped so low. There it
3: it was go.
1: uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad Sir Anthony piped in. I've missed Sir Anthony in the past two weeks. I I was uncomfortable. I I still don't know whether he's a knight or not But he's a knight in my heart Mm.
0: He's a knife in my heart That's
1: what he is
3: (laughs) Guys It was pretty difficult, I will admit
0: (laughs) Episode 159 What?
1: Of the show Is in the record books We have done this collectively 159 times Can you believe it? Yeah, I figure we've got, um, well, we've got about,
0: about eight or ten episodes until our fifth anniversary show. Woo! Something like that. Woo! Maybe a little, bit, maybe, a little maybe a few more, something like God that. Damn, We're getting there. Holy shit. Yeah, and if you would like to call and tell us uh, all about your favorite moments on the Wretched Hive podcast, give us a call at the Wretched Hive hotline and... We'll play your voicemail on the air. That is if we have time. We have so much to talk about. <laughs> we never get to all of our voicemails. We talked the shit out of some DC tonight. We did. <laughs> <laughs> one one two, three, you're speaking there. Um, Call the Wretched Hive hotline
1: at 562
2: 455 5,
0: 4483. That's 562 455 5, 5. Hive. That's H I V E, in case you can't spell Hive. You
1: are goddamn right
0: and you can also find us on facebook at facebook.com forward slash
1: wretched
0: hive podcast or on our website at wretchedhivepodcast.net guys as i mentioned episode 159 is in the books final thoughts
1: so a month to mandalorian season 2 uh, this yeah, week is new can... mutants guys new mutants this week guys uh, are you in um no i'm not in
2: can i get it like on demand or something like that or
1: you have yeah. to go to arizona to an open theater
2: <laughs>
1: that's not happening
2: <laughs> i'd rather fly to london
0: <laughs> i know it's not happening for me it's not happening for scott Yo tom cruise a great couple of weeks drive safely in arizona and may the forest be with us all
3: God,
2: Nico. <laughs> Rollins
3: <it> again.
0: <laughs> penisaurus.
2: <laughs> I swear to God, when you first said that, when you first played that, I thought you said penisaurus. <laughs> I gotta say,
0: I, I thought that's what it was too. And I love for the post-show sound bites. I, I always love. I wait, wait. <laughs> It was always a good one from from Greg. Got <laughs>
3: wait
0: got to wait it out. <laughs>